You're listening to episode 143 of Alexa in Canada, The Voice Experience. Hey there, I'm Dr. Terry Fisher, one part physician, one part voice enthusiast, one big part Canadian, and one small part of our community, Northern Voice. Together, let's explore how voice technology is transforming our lives north of the border. Let's talk voice. Hello there, and welcome to the podcast. If you've been listening with us for the last couple of weeks, you'll know that I'm highlighting some of the voice fluencers that have appeared on The Voice Den. And today uh, is no different. I have the real pleasure of introducing you to Julie Daniel Davis. Now, as usual, for this month, uh, I have a guest co-host with me, and it's Ian Utili, uh, who you'll know well from the last couple of weeks. Thrilled to have him along uh, with us as well. Now, Julie is, as you'll hear us talk about, Julie is one of those people that when I think of uh, interesting people that are doing fantastic work at the intersection of voice technology and education, Julie is one of those people that comes to mind immediately. In, pra- in fact, she's probably the first person. So uh, we get into all of the work that she's doing. Uh, we get into her background and really fascinating discussion about voice, education, smart speakers, and everything that goes along with that. So uh, here's your chance to uh, listen in. I hope you'll enjoy this interview. And uh, without any further uh, ado, here is Julie Daniel Davis. Julie, welcome Ah. to the show. It's so good to be with you guys today. It's a pleasure to have you. And Ian, hello again. Welcome back, co-host. I salute you both. Yay for being here. I'm so happy. I'm giving myself a high five. Amazing. amazing. (laughs) Awesome. Well, Julie... All right, we got to start off, first of all, um, tell us who you are. So for those people that are watching, listening, and have not met you before, who are you? Yeah, my name is Julie Daniel Davis. I am an educational consultant, and I'm also an adjunct faculty member at the University of Tennessee Chattanooga, where I teach graduate-level students about educational technology. Uh, In the midst of my prior job where I was the director of instructional technology and innovation, my role was kind of keeping an eye on what are the emerging technologies that might impact education. And one of those obviously was voice. And that's how I got involved with voice, later became an Alexa champion, a Bixby premier developer, and I host the Voice in Education podcast to help educators think critically about using voice for learning. Amazing. And uh, those that were on the show will know that um, I mentioned this then and I'll mention it again because uh, there was a great question. Somebody asked about being an evangelist and um, we had you on there to answer that because you in my books are the evangelist when it comes to voice and education. You're the name that I think of when somebody mentions voice and education. So um, anyway, I'm really thrilled to have you here. Ian, questions for, for Julie. Well, what's it like to be retired and still be so busy? You know, everybody, everybody <laughs> longs for retirement and then they retire and then they go, well, I still want purpose and passion and pleasure in my workday. And so you just filled up your day with being the evangelist for voice and education. So how has that transition been? Because you did, you were an evangelist for voice 
in education before you officially retired from your job you've had for the last couple of decades. So maybe you could just talk a bit about that transition and what that's like and maybe some surprises that you've experienced in it. Yeah, uh, the transition, it was one of those things. I became a grana, a grandma. Uh, Congratulations. I think I'm too young for it, but apparently I'm not. Um, as of two weeks ago. So that was a reason I decided to actually uh, leave the K-12 environment working, you know, 40 plus hours a week and uh, was kind of wondering, you know, how long will I re remain relevant in the role of voice? Because one of my pet peeves are consultants that aren't in the space anymore. Wow. And so actually one of the things that immediately happened, um, which I never put any feelers out, but I've gotten a lot of opportunities to go into K-12 schools and help them think critically and think about what's next with educational technology, especially in this day and time that we're in, where students are having to learn virtually. So that those doors started opening for me. I've also done some local, uh, for a local company here, helping them get some of their product virtual for people to learn more about um, and, and specifically elementary students. They teach students about electricity and safety with electricity. And then the door opened for me to teach at the college where I have two degrees. And that just kind of fell into my lap as well. So the funny thing has kind of been, wait a minute, is did I want to do all this stuff or, you know, do I want to slow down a bit? But but I really, I was very concerned, kind of like what you said, Ian, about what if, like, I don't enjoy having all this time. But I I think it's been a really good transition for me to go uh, slowly into retirement. I'm still hiking two to three days a week, getting that in, which I never had the opportunity to do before. So to me right now, it's the perfect sweet spot. That's amazing. I love that. I love that. So with 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 this transition and the opportunity to work on new projects uh, compared to what you were doing before, what what are some things that you are most excited about these days when you get up and you want to work on? Yeah, I, the opportunity now for me to really think about, OK, who is it that I want to interview for the podcast? And I have time to actually reach out to a whole lot more people than I did in the past because I was trying to fit it into, you know, after work. Um, interviewing people. So that's been a really good plus to really think more critically. But I think the thing I'm most excited about when it comes to voice right now is working with the Open Voice Network. Um, we are currently, there is an educational steering committee that John Stein has put together. And this group of people, we've been meeting together for goodness every two weeks for what seems like forever. I'm not even sure how long we've been doing it. But we're right now in the process of creating lesson plans for students and teachers to understand what is conversational design? How can a voice assistant help me with my learning? That type of thing. So our goal is to do the who, what, when, where, and why and create lesson plans around that so that we can start really young in helping students see this paradigm of voice and how it can impact them as learners. Fantastic. So is that geared toward, uh, geared towards elementary school or is it all ages or, or what are you focusing on? Good, good, good questions. Good questions. <laughs> uh, 
you're you're a great host here. Um, <laughs> actually, true. Going to be geared for every level. So we, you know, there's some ideas, some concepts that naturally uh, are bent towards certain age groups. You know, just the very basic of, hey, you're not talking to a real person when you're talking to a voice assistant. That's something a kindergartner needs to know. You know, they need to know the difference for ethical reasons. Uh, per se. But then we're also talking about what is conversational design. And that's a little maybe more, you know, middle school. And then later on, really talking about how to create with it. And so that I would see more as a high school level. Amazing. Great. Ian, thoughts, comments? I have a question about what is a encouragement that stands out to you that you've heard from <clears throat> a student or somebody in education that would be served? And what is encouragement that maybe you've heard from a peer or somebody that maybe is supporting you by your side? And the reason I ask this question is I believe that 99% of encouraging things people believe about people like you are not said. And I also recognize that it is the encouraging things that people tell us, especially somebody in your case who you're doing all this work really for the good of the future and of humanity and education. And it's that encouragement that's fueling our tank. And so I think one, it would be nice for people to hear how folks have recognized you and the things that maybe have stuck out. And also it kind of gives context for like, what is the type of thing that people can say to you? Because people are not getting out their checkbooks and writing you big checks to be like, thank you so much. Here's the money, right? I mean, that would be nice. Terry, yeah, you know, be nice. you could Venmo, right? Uh, I could Venmo you. Uh, but I would just like to hear your response on encouragement. What types of encouraging thing or things have you heard from those served and from those by your side? And maybe just talk a little bit about the importance of people speaking kindly to one yeah. another and, and how that's impacted you. I love that question. Uh, I think one of the most encouraging things for me at Project Voice this year, I had the opportunity to bring in several students that were part of an international program at the school that I was working at at the time. And seeing the impact and hearing them talk about how voice helped them in terms of not only learning the biology that they were struggling with, but also helping them with their pronunciation of English words. Um, for me, that was a huge niche experience that I really saw a difference in the way voice made it. And because they were at the, um, the project voice, they were really able to, to verbalize that in a way that made me feel very purposeful in that work. And as far as a peer or someone else, I guess I would have to say in the voice den episode six that I was a part of, uh, that question that you mentioned, Terry, mm -hmm. the person who asked the question then told me that she has her mother listening to my podcast out of, I think it was New Zealand. And so it was one of those moments where I was like, yes, someone's listening, you know, <laughs> uh, it's being put to use. And so that was a really encouraging moment because sometimes you, you think this is a lot of work. Is it worth it? You know, and so that is very helpful for me to get that kind of feedback to know, yes, I'm listening. There's someone out there putting this into practice. 
That's great. That's really great. And I'm glad that you got that feedback as well, because I know what that's like too. You're making a podcast, you're creating this content. And you're like, is anybody listening to what I'm saying? And uh, so it's, it's great to get that, that acknowledgement. So wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Where do you see, this is a big question I know, and we've just got a few minutes left here, but where do you see the, uh, the future of education going with voice technology? I believe uh, the future of education is going to be personalized. We're going to see due to algorithms, artificial intelligence, we're going to see uh, technology meeting the needs of students in a way like we've never been before. I think that uh, voice is the natural interface, period, and it meets some needs that other types of inputs don't do. You know, uh, a student who can't read yet Uh, It's really hard for them to type out the words that they want to ask the computer, but they can speak that into a computer and get really good, relevant information at a very young age. So I think what we're going to see is we're going to see multimodal with voice being a large part of that as well in the future. I think it's just going to be the natural interface. And I, I mentioned this on a podcast recently. What I'm seeing is the technologies that voice uses is getting better and better at blocking out the sounds around us. If you've noticed, Zoom doesn't pick up on your dog barking in the background anymore because it can get rid of those background sounds. And the problem in education forever is teachers say, well, what are we going to do when 25 kids are talking to their computer at one time? I don't think it's going to be a problem in the future. And I think that's the thing we have to look forward to. Great. Yeah, no, that, that really, really well said. Fantastic. Ian, any other final questions before we wrap things up here? Yeah, just to make things personal, Terry, remind us, how old are your children? So my children are 14 and 11 right now. Okay, and so I have two boys, Julie, that are eight in second grade and 11 in sixth grade. And so for Terry and I, uh, we're not the only ones that are in your network that have uh, children around this age. You know, we have kids that are in elementary and junior high school and going into high school uh, for Terry. What type of advantage can we guide our children into as fathers or mothers? How can we, we can't tell our children to do everything that's possible, but if we were to guide them toward one or a couple specific things that would give them a significant advantage in leveraging voice in their own personal education, what might that thing or thing be, or those things be that we as parents can help provide to our kids? I would first suggest introducing them to Alexa blueprints and then allowing them to create blueprints that for, for a couple reasons. One, it's teaching them about conversational design. I think if you can give them a leg up in the understanding of conversational design, it's going to help them and put them uh, in front of their peers because it's coming. It's just a matter of when. So their understanding of it uh, young will be helpful. And then secondly, you can already start helping them with their personalized learning. They can create flashcards. They can create study guides for something that they're working on where they can ask that voice assistant, hey, open this up so that I can study for this. And so you're teaching them how to use it intentionally. One of the things that happened to educators with mobile technology iPads is that kids just see that as a tool. I mean, as a toy, not a tool. And so we've got to 
reteach that when they come to school. So if you can start teaching them young, the, the virtues of voice beyond, hey, um, make a fart noise, <laughs> then you've got value there, you know? Well said. And I like the way you tied the word fart into that response. Excellent. Excellent. <laughs> well done. Well done. My eight-year-old today, we had a Tesla X drive by and I'm like, remember, I almost got one of those last year. He's like, yeah, why didn't you get one? I'm like, well, it was the right time. I'm going to get one soon. I kind of want the truck. He's like, dad, you know what I want most with the Tesla? I'm like, what? He's like, that thing has fart noises. <laughs> it does. <laughs> Do you have yep. any idea how rad it's going to be when we can program the Tesla <laughs> to make my favorite fart noises when people sit on the seat? That is my dream, Father. <laughs> that is my dream. Mic drop right there. Done. Done. That would be your epic dad if you could do that for him. Oh, my goodness. Well, I'm glad to see that we have ended this Voice Winter show on a very high note. Um, thank you, everybody. Julie, thank, thank you so much for being part of us, um, part, part of this show. Um, last question. I'm asking everybody this. I'm really thrilled that we are inviting you as one of the Voice Winters back for the party session. Um, what questions would you like the audience to ask you? What's your sweet spot? My sweet spot's about education. So if you have questions about um, what's best practice in creating, what are uh, student privacy laws that I need to be aware of, where do I need, what are the type of things I need to be asking about education? I think that's a good start because what I'm seeing is a lot of people are creating, but they're not asking the right people the right questions. Fantastic. All right. So that, that is, uh, we've got the topics to ask you. Perfect. Um, Julie, again, thank you so much for being part of this, this show. Where can people go to, uh, to listen to your podcast, to, uh, get in touch with you otherwise and follow along with yeah. the work that you're, you're doing? Yeah. So my podcast is called voice and education. It's an Alexa flash briefing. It's also available on anchor, Google Podcasts, many different platforms. Uh, you can reach me at juliedavisedu at gmail.com or my website if you're looking for consulting and education, www.juliedavisedu.com. Well, there you have it. Julie is an expert when it comes to voice technology and education. If you are looking to you know, investigate this particular area of voice technology, then Julie is the resource for you and I encourage you to get in touch with her. As always, you can access all of our previous podcasts at alexaincanada.ca slash podcast. Thank you, Northern Voice, for tuning in again uh, this week. I look forward to highlighting yet another voice fluencer next week on the podcast. Until then, uh, be well. And don't forget, if you want to have your very, very own personalized graphic indicating why you believe that voice is your operating system, then check it out. It's completely free. We will create a professional graphic for you. Just go to voiceismyos.com and I will see you there. Until next week, take care, everybody. Bye-bye.